0: Listening to the Legitimate Podcast, hosted by Mike and Rochelle Polton, helping you get ahead and stay ahead in law, business, and life every Friday at 10 a.m. Legitimate Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike and Rochelle Polton, and we're here to discuss the business of business today. We're going to talk about developing a business in 2021. It's been an interesting and odd time, so we're going to cover the challenges that are unique to today. Uh, we're here to help you get ahead and stay ahead in law, business, and life, as usual. Today's show is brought to you by Poulton & Royan PLLC. That's our law firm. We do business law and real estate law here in Phoenix, uh, and throughout the state of Arizona and California. You can find us online at pnlaw.pro or give us a call at 602-427-5613 to see how we can help you out. Today's first guest is Tisha Marie Pelletier with Tisha Marie Enterprises. We're going to be talking to her about her experiences in 2021 and what's going on with her business today. And then we're going to be doing the business owner spotlight with Becky Chaluca from Chaluca Law. Uh, and let's go ahead and get started. Tisha, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Thank you so much, Mike and Rochelle. I am amazing for this Friday. How about you?
0: We're doing all right.
2: It's hot in Phoenix and it's gloomy today. It's weird.
1: I know. I'm actually enjoying the rain. It's really a nice change.
0: It is a nice change. The smell. It's very lovely. So tell us about your business, Tish Marie Enterprises. What do you do?
1: Sure, sure. So Tisha Marie Enterprises is really my personal brand that, you know, that I do a lot of business mentoring and professional speaking. I'm really about inspiring other solopreneurs to get out of their own way and to start, they can start taking that vision that they have for their business and make it happen. So I really am in this business of helping people to become successful and to start taking action steps because I find that a lot of business owners like to dream about it but not actually take the step so that's what I do
0: Excellent. It's certainly been an interesting couple of years, starting perhaps a year and a half ago. We've had a lot of changes in the economy overall, in our daily lives, uh, and certainly in the way that businesses operate and the way that people need to interact with each other in business. Um, So let's get right into it. What do you think the most important points are to consider when developing a new business now in 2021? What's different from what the conventional wisdom would have been a few years ago?
1: Oh, my goodness. So I think that the first thing I would say is you have to have some digital component to your business. I think we've all experienced that, myself included. Mike, my business before COVID was tied heavily to live events and to professional speaking and to event consulting. So three, three buckets that all went underwater overnight. And if anything, I learned that you have to diversify. I know, Rochelle, we were talking about that even in the green room of you can't just put all your eggs in one basket, for sure. And you have to be willing to expand and think differently and be more creative. And you know, if you can do it in person, you can also do it virtually as well. And so I think we see a lot of that happening if people are starting to develop businesses that if they didn't have that plan, then now they're definitely going to that plan or or they don't have a business. So I know for myself personally, creating things where I'm starting to expand my horizons, I'm not just working with people here in Arizona has been so eye-opening Of oh my gosh, I can absolutely do this and I can work with people globally instead of just here in my local city. So that's that's one thing I would say is is we have to get out of this mentality that it has to be brick and mortar or it has to be, you know, always face to face because technology has made it possible for us to just open up our open up our horizons a little bit.
0: Those are certainly important points. I've had a number of clients and potential clients in the last year who have had businesses uh, that are related to in-person events, Um mm-hmm. uh, businesses like event planners, uh, equipment companies, venues, and it's been really, really tough. There have been some drastic changes, and part of what I've worked with a few of them on is looking at these uh, adverse situations, because it is it's been adverse. I mean, if you're in that line of work and I'm sure it's what you experienced with those aspects of your business, there's no good way to cast that as a positive, uh, what's happened. But if you can survive it, if you can put yourself in a position to hunker down and especially if you have the reserves available, to not just hunker down, but double down. Mm -hmm. You're in a position to do things like acquiring competitors, um, potentially playing hardball and forcing some competitors out if you're in a competitive local market. Um, And companies that have been able to do those things are doing very well now that we're getting back to some of those in-person activities again. And certainly, we've got these hybrid situations where people are doing a lot of uh, online activity still but yeah, a lot of people want to go back to doing some in-person stuff. And now we're sure. matching more than we used to, perhaps.
1: Sure. I think it's just timing. Like, even just this week, Mike, I hosted the American Marketing Association Spectrum Awards, which I know years ago when I planned it was this dolled up event at the Phoenix mm-hmm. Art Museum and a t- couple of hours and hors d'oeuvres and all this stuff. And now they're like, "Will you host our hybrid event which was very unique to me because I had a very small audience of the board members that were, you know, part of AMA, but then everybody was watching online through live stream. And I still had to bring the energy and I still had the red carpet and I still had the awards behind me. And it was different, but I give, I give organizations some props for doing that. of not just saying, we're not going to do it. We're actually going to just be creative. And I know that we're going to get back to this, you know, maybe next year, but this is what we have. This is what we've got. And nobody was upset about it. They were like, that was fantastic. You know, job well done for what you could work with. Yeah, so people like to watch those things again,
2: you know? Right. So a lot of the content that you get these days from doing a virtual event is something that you can reuse in the future over and over and over again. So I think like a lot of the chambers, you know, they've had these meetings where maybe people couldn't attend, but then they look back a month later and they're like, holy crap, 900 people viewed this one meeting. And I think that's just the power of being able to be digital and a little flexible, but also still having good content.
1: Sure. Well, and I'm going to say, you know, I know I've been on your podcast before too, Rochelle, and thank you guys for having me back again. But I I ran a podcast for a while and I physically went into a studio and I had the person in there with me. And, and then I was like, how am I going to do this? Because now I can't do it. And it forced me again to get creative. And because of this digital platform and because of StreamYard and LinkedIn and things like that, I immediately went to live streaming. And I actually prefer it because I like the video component. And now you're right. Like I'm not pigeonholed to I have to be in the studio. Now I can interview people from all over the world and it's, it's immediate. Like you can see it in real time. You can see the personality. You can see I've had it where hail was hitting my window during one of the live streams. I'm like, this is real life. This is what it is. And hey, just hang on for the ride. Here we go. <laughs> so it's been fun. It's been fun to be able to adapt and just get back into the game and just do it in a little bit of a creative way and, and uh, still stay current and still stay visible. So you've also
2: got a lot of changes in your business as well. You've added some new new lines.
1: So what are those? (laughs) Yeah. So back in COVID, as I mentioned, I had all of these speaking gigs that just flew out the window. Like I, they got canceled left and right. And because I was already working out at the forum here in Chandler, it's tied to a real estate brokerage. I kept getting asked by their community manager if I could give webinars And the webinars that I love to give are purposeful networking, which I know we talked about that on another episode and personal branding, because I feel that, you know, everybody should develop a personal brand, especially if you're a solopreneur, like that's, what's really going to stand you out and, uh, decided to start doing these webinars. And as I was talking to some different personal brand strategists, there was one thing that I found that I could stand out doing. And that was in executing the personal brand process. So no longer just giving someone a strategy and a blueprint because having done it myself, it's scary, it's uncomfortable, you don't wanna focus on yourself. You don't, we're not naturally that way. And so I said, it kind of brought me back to my marketing agency days where I said, I love project management. I love bringing in a team and working with people and, and being able to see the beginning and the end and the progress. And so I um, created this whole personal brand toolkit. And the first client I got was a realtor. The second client I got was a realtor. <laughs> so I see this going that my clients came to me and said, you should really get your real estate license for a couple of different reasons. One, you never have to do a real estate transaction if you never want to do one. But the other thing is you have such a great value add to be able to help the realtor that, you know, if someone asks you, hey, are you a realtor? And you say, yeah, but I, you know, I'm not really doing that. You could refer a real estate business and get paid. You can also start building up a downline to start getting paid by helping those people, mentoring those people to be the most successful they can be in establishing their brand. And I was like, brilliant. So um, Q1, I hunkered down and I went back to school and got the license and passed the test on the first try. So super excited and added that to my to my wheelhouse of being able to help realtors and also becoming a product of my own product, you know, so if I'm doing it, then I can help you do this. And this is how I'm doing this. And I'm, I'm using my own process to do it. That is so awesome. That. Exciting. And, you know, you've been at it
2: almost three months now. Official.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's For a lot. I mean, you you both know there's a lot to learn. <laughs> so I constantly like soaking it up like a sponge of teach me something and surrounding myself with people who have been in the industry and constantly attending different webinars. And then of course we can't forget CE credits. You know, we got to get those into. <laughs> yep, always the continuing education. It's always
0: the real estate market right now. It's it's an interesting time to get into it also because. Um, things have changed a lot in terms of what people's goals are and what the dynamics of the transactions are. So sure. um, 2021 is an interesting time, different time.
2: I know. I think yeah. I Armless just came out with a, a new report saying that the median uh, house price was like $500,000. Like $500,000.
1: Yeah. It was like five hundred seven. No. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay. And here's my husband's like, let's sell. I'm like, and go. Where? Yeah. where are we going if we sell like awesome we're going to make this return but where so that's you know for people who they don't have that problem and they can go ahead and just buy the rv or whatever their plan was or downsize to a condo more power to them like i want to be that person just
2: not yet just <laughs> not yet. <laughs> awesome so do you have any upcoming events that you've got in the works?
1: I do, I do. So before COVID, I started hosting these uh, Connecting Through Community events, which was, um, was really my way of being able to support the community. But I also have two kiddos, one in National Junior Honor Society and one in the Ambassador Leadership Group. And they're always looking for service hours. So this was my way of being able to give back to involve my family. So I'm starting to team up with some local nonprofits to be their volunteer arm and just bringing people together. So I love doing that because it wasn't just a business event. It was a family style event, like bring your families and let's support the community and let's do this. And then in terms of business, I'm getting ready to host um, a masterclass coming up in August called, um, it's uh, one on the 13 seismic, so seismic big mistakes that people are making with their personal brand. I'll dive into some of those those tips and those strategies. And and then in September, which happens to be my birthday month, I am getting ready to launch the Make It Happen Hub, which is a community for solopreneurs where I can continue to to help guide them and be their mentor and create this community support system and yeah, so we're not in it alone, but we also are holding each other very accountable to the things that we need to be doing to move forward.
2: Awesome. Those sound like awesome events. So if they just go to your website, can they yeah. buy tickets or find out more?
1: Yeah, well, actually, I would I would suggest that they just, uh, you know, connect with me. And the best place is if they just go to TishaMarie.com, they can go ahead and find some information and, and then I can get the ball rolling with them. So let them know what's coming. Perfect.
2: Well, any other tips that you have uh, in the last couple of minutes here on what a developing business should be trying to do right now if they haven't already done it.
1: Yes. So the best advice I was given in COVID, and it is stuck with me, it sits in my head all the time, is that your visibility is your currency. And I learned that from a friend of mine on LinkedIn, Adam, and I it just I say it all the time because businesses, what we tend to do is when the going gets tough, we want to bury our heads in the sand and we don't want to show up. <laughs> or You push through and you say, all right, this may may get me my next opportunity. I can't be afraid. I can't be shy. I just have to keep putting myself out there. And truthfully, that's what I was doing. Even though paid speaking gigs came to a halt, I was still saying yes to those opportunities, saying, okay, this is going to keep sustaining me. So we get to that next that next point when things start to, you know, become a little bit more normal. And and I, I really feel like that's kept me top of mind with a lot of people of she does speaking. We should book her. She does branding. We should book her. You know, so that's that's been really amazing. It's a great tip to be able to share is don't bury your head in the sand. Just keep going. Just keep going with it.
0: Excellent advice. Thanks. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. We greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Again. again. (laughs) I must have made
1: a good impression.
0: (laughs) So thank you very much. Uh, Listeners, you can get in touch with Tisha Marie Pelletier at 480 570 or at TishaMarie.com and see how she can help you out with your business and uh, moving forward in our unique environment in 2021.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Mike and Rochelle. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks. You Thanks, too. you too.
0: <laughs> Next up, we have Becky Chaluca with Chaluca Law. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello,
3: hello. I love the rain too. It's been great today. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: is great.
0: Pretty nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, Becky is... Tell us all about your awesome law firm. How long you've been doing it, all of your awards, all of your street cred.
3: <laughs> so I, am, I specialize in estate planning. And Last year was our 10 year anniversary, which of course got canceled. We had this big party planned, and in 2020 we couldn't have our big party. So this year, we're having an 11-year anniversary big blowout in October, which should, should be pretty fun. But um, so, yeah, we've been here in, in Gilbert for 11 years, started in downtown. I've been doing a state planning, probate, and trust admin. It's been um, a fantastic roller coaster ride as a business owner in the last few years. Um, but it's been great. I, I actually had the opportunity, I was the facilitator for Wealth Council, which is a national platform for estate planning attorneys to draft on. And I, I led the Arizona chapter with 150 plus attorneys. So I was, you know, responsible for mentoring and educating and teaching and uh, for eight years, actually all these other newer attorneys coming into this practice area. So it's been great.
0: That's pretty cool. We actually looked at wealth council last year when we were looking at diversifying into doing some estate planning, we ended up not going with it, but it looked like a, a great system with a lot of uh, built in network, um, didn't know you were a part of it at that time.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the, the networking, honestly, is the best part of it. It's it's about 4,000 attorneys across the country and just the best community of collegial advice and, hey, I have a problem with this, who can help? And it's it's been a wonderful experience from a former litigator to jump into transactional practice and just be welcomed with these great other attorneys who are just so willing to to help the profession grow within this practice area.
0: Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So we were talking with Tisha Marie about the unique business environment now in 2021. What do you see that's different today for you than two years ago or before the pandemic, at least?
3: So definitely trying to work on efficiencies. So the way we survived getting through the pandemic, we had to reduce staff, um, to be profitable still so and and we actually also homeschooled so i actually kind of only did about half time at work and about 20 hours in the classroom at my kitchen table with my sixth grader at the time Mm -hmm. so it was an interesting year um but really learning how to be efficient with time um proved to be the the way we survived the the pandemic in, in business and and now that we're on the back side of it we'll actually just started school this week back in a regular school um, now we're working on automation a lot, making sure that those efficiencies, as we're bringing on new staff, now we have new staff again, um, making sure that we are as efficient as possible with our time. That's been a big one.
0: Did you see a lot of change in in client acquisition trends and in client priorities? I know we certainly did for business clients. Um, and I'm wondering if you may have seen that with estate planning, where People both, on one hand, recognized that they needed the services, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, wanted to put it off because of financial concerns and other uncertainties. So you end up with people who who feel pressured to do it, but also feel like they can't.
3: It it was a little interesting last year in the sense that our estate planning side went down a little, which surprised me. We actually geared up even, you know, we were doing online offerings. We were doing um, different packages, even that you didn't have to come in. It was it was total virtual. We had very few people actually take advantage of any of that. The, the people that wanted to come see me wanted to come in person. They did not want, I mean, I have 80, 90 year old clients coming in and we're just thankful to have another human being interact with them. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, From my practice
0: area. That is. Uh,
3: I also had a lot of folks that used our probate and trust administration side, and it wasn't necessarily because of, you know, deaths from COVID. We've just been in business now for so long that clients that we've serviced in 2014 or 2015 now have had either a family crisis or a health emergency or have now passed and need help with our back-end services as well. So we actually have seen a lot of that in the last year as well, people kind of um, now dealing with the end of life and how our, our planning has helped them get to that point and then how we can help them further during that
0: piece of it. What about competition and advertising? I don't know what you do for marketing, but uh, I've used AdWords for years. And when I was looking for medical malpractice clients, I ran a pretty extensive AdWords campaign for a long time. And it seemed like last year there was a sudden upheaval in ad pricing where lots of people were flooding into practice areas and the major keywords for uh, the typical big practice areas suddenly became unprofitably expensive. People were paying a lot more for them than they should have for client acquisition. Yep.
3: What's interesting is we actually just had a big meeting with my marketing team just a couple days ago. And AdWords actually came up, which is not something that we traditionally ever did. Our marketing was completely focused elsewhere, but it's something we're actually going to probably add a little bit of this year. We did a lot of seminars. And seminars, we're going to start doing them again here actually next week, but we think that business was on a downward trend to begin with. And so we're going to be doing actually more direct targeted marketing into neighborhoods. Um, We just moved our building into Power Ranch, which has been fantastic. But we're now completely doing our marketing different to target neighborhoods where I was in downtown Gilbert, which was very surrounded by commercial. So we're completely flip-flopping our marketing plan moving from 2021
0: and beyond. Interesting. Very interesting. Have you seen a, a difference in how the, the new clients who have come to you have been acquired? Have they come through different channels or been responsive to different types of marketing in the last year or so than they were previously?
3: We've seen a lot more people come in through the internet through groups like Nextdoor, or go Gilbert or you know, Power Ranch Neighbors, little Facebook groups or that have been built up over the last few years that people I think really relied on during the pandemic. At least I know I did. People were like, hey, I really need, you know, some toilet paper. It doesn't really have the extra I could take. I mean, those things really worked during 2020 as far as helping people stay connected to their neighbors. And we've seen a lot of people who have now been reaching out, saying, "Hey, I was talking to somebody on Next Door, and they referred you, and so I wanted to come in." So we've seen we've seen an exponential growth in, in those types of folks.
0: Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a a complicated time, certainly the last uh, year and a half or so.
2: <laughs> so you also decided to you talked about your business and your building. So talk
3: about that journey. So journey is a very good word for it because we actually started this project in May of 2019, and we got the keys in April of this year, 2021. So it took us 23 months, actually, to build out. And part of it was I've been in downtown Gilbert for years. We live in Power Ranch, so we wanted to have a little bit less commute time, and the vast majority of our clients are kind of in the south of Concrete kind of areas. So we wanted to move out this way. And there literally was, there was no place to rent out here for professional services. So I told my commercial realtor, I'm like, here's the actual lots that I want to build on. And once I, you can get that lot sold to me, I will buy it. And so he worked on that for a couple months, ended up being able to buy, get this lot for me to buy to, to start the building process. But there's this little thing called a spotted owl or something like that, that was on the property. And they're apparently protected, so we had to like wait six or eight months to be able to get the actual permitting to be able to remove this owl, and then wait so many months to make sure it didn't come back. And so the process took a lot longer than expected. They actually actually started breaking ground. The week COVID literally shut down Arizona, that was when this building actually started getting built, which I think is <laughs> fun, funny, so.
0: Man, Yikes. That's, uh, that's extra fun. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. expect to run into the endangered species protection thing when you're just trying to build one office.
3: Yeah, <laughs> not in Gilbert, right? And, and it was an interesting process through the pandemic just because it, it did take longer, you know, like a work crew would, would get sick, and so they quarantined everyone, so that yeah. obviously took longer than normal. Um, but because of that, with our financing package and our SBA loan, we had to go through all of our paperwork and financials with them every three months. So it added extra time on, well, really Rick's end as our operations manager to keep, uh, you know, three or four times we had to go th- through this process of updating all of our financials just to keep the loan paperwork going during the build process.
0: Wow. Quite something. So you've gotten moved in at this point?
3: Yes, we have. have a little bit of artwork on order still but we're pretty we actually had an open house just last week which was a lot of fun and um it's nice to be able to walk into your own building it smells like new car smell it's like new building smell it's great yes so
0: that's pretty good well hopefully that'll be a great base of operations for you for many years to come
3: <laughs> yeah, well, since we're 1. you know seven miles away from my house it's it's awesome um the commute time is great now it's four minutes um but this is where this is such a, a booming area here in the southeast part of gilbert and, and queen creek there's just so many houses being built still so we think it's a great area to be able to service people for you know the next decade
0: Well, and hopefully a a good long term investment in the property too, because Mm -hmm. Gilbert certainly has expanded an awful lot and the values of commercial properties have gone up tremendously. Extensively in the last decade. It's been Mm -hmm. quite a change. Well, let's just hope the
3: valley doesn't run out of water any day. So that's my only concern. So
2: (laughs) we're fine. We'll figure out agriculture. (laughs) It's It's
3: good. Oh,
2: yeah, gonna... rain. It's about time. So uh, for attorneys that are entering or, you know, starting up estate planning practices, new attorneys, old attorneys, any advice that you would give them for entering into this industry?
3: Yeah, this is one of the practice areas that's really um, tough as far as it, it intersects with a lot of other areas of law. So find a really great mentor who is willing to give of their time and expertise to share some of that with you because you were going to flounder for a while on the legal side of stuff. Um, people in this practice area say it takes about five years before you start feeling, you know, Hey, I'm not really stupid anymore. So it's, it's a tough practice area. So find somebody to lean on for those, you know, Oh, this is a, this is a tough case. and I don't know if I'm doing it right. we we actually have the highest malpractice insurance of all attorneys as state planners do. So. Um, It's always good to find somebody to have you know, where you can pick up the phone and call and say, what do I do next? So on the legal side of it, find a mentor. On the business side of it, honestly, you're a business owner first, and you're an attorney second, and I think a lot of attorneys forget that. They spend 95% of their time on the attorney work. And maybe five percent on their business and they really need to get to where they're spending a larger portion of their time working their, their business
0: that's something we've certainly seen not just in estate planning but in virtually every practice area a lot of attorneys uh, even those who choose to open their own practices are really not business people first mm-hmm. um, it's it's easy to think that attorneys since they deal with business all the time uh, must be inherent business owners, but there are a lot of ideological differences that you find between the way most attorneys think about things versus the way most other business owners tend to. Right. And it uh, doesn't necessarily make them well-suited to running their firm as a business.
3: Mm-hmm. I have two name tags, so when I'm out and about networking, back, but now that we could do that again, one says the Wizard of the Laws, because I think <laughs> miles, because, you know, attorney, the And the other one says the mastermind. And so when I go to attorney events, I always put on the one that says the mastermind because they're always like, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, I'm running my business. I'm I'm not an attorney. I'm running a business. And so it always gives them pause to go, yeah, I need to work on my business
0: a little bit more. So. Yep. Absolutely. Just a little.
2: (laughs) it's
0: tough to balance that, you know, and I think uh, it sounds like you've been quite successful at being able to delegate that work, but man, uh, it's something I struggle with all the time, not doing all of the legal work yourself and really being able to push that off and focus on abstracting it by at least one level so that you can uh, be a manager rather than being an attorney. Attorneys okay. tend, tend to feel like they're the only people who can think as well as they as they can.
3: <laughs> of course we do, and it takes a while. I mean, for those that are just getting into you know building their own business as, as an attorney, it does it does take a while. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but. The quicker they can realize, hey, I need to hire some type of outsourcing, whether it's a part-time person in person or virtually, to do some of the work that they don't need to do so you can spend your time marketing or even just thinking about your business as far as where do you want to take it next. I mean, you need to devote time to that or it will never happen.
0: Absolutely. Well, we are just about out of time. Do you have any final thoughts for the audience today on uh, your business owner spotlight in 2021?
3: Uh, you know, if you haven't done your planning, you know, the pandemic is still out there and he, this stuff is real. And for all of those people who think it isn't, it, I can tell you how many clients I've lost. Um, right. And if you haven't done estate planning, it's, it's really not for you. It's for your family. And, and if now is the best time that you can think about trying to protect your family, feel free to call us. We'd love to help.
0: Absolutely. You can get in touch with uh, Becky Chaluka at Chaluca Law at 480-497-3770. Thank you very much for being on the show today. We really enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be glad to have you on again.
3: Thank you. Have a good day,
0: guys. Enjoy the rain. You You too. And thanks
2: to our listeners, and we will chat with you guys next time.